This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Thursday, October 7th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. My name is Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are going to continue our progress report, our mid-season look at some of the programs and Power 5 conferences heading into the early signing period, which is now less than three months away. Last week, we tackled the Big Ten. Let's talk some ACC storylines, and what better way to do that than to talk to Mr. International and himself brian doan he's a national recruiting analyst for 24 7 sports and i call him mr international because we are in, in an international soccer break in the world of, of football and what better time to have you on the show brian than during an international break yo when you called me early this morning or texted me said can you get on i'm like well of course i expected it we got you know u.s jamaica thursday in austin Three games in, what, seven days, eight days now for the U.S.? You get six points in this, you better. You can figure out a way to get seven, and I feel really good about qualifying for the World Cup. You just used up your 30 seconds of soccer talk <laughs> right off the bat. I, I, I was going to say, I knew I wasn't going to have time, but <laughs> man, oh man, get the result against Jamaica, go to Panama, come home to Costa Rica, let's go. You better win your two home games better and, and by the way for those keeping track at home mexico right now leading the Concacaf world cup qualifying and they have to kick things off with canada so if you're a u.s fan that's one game that you're going to be keeping uh, a watch on obviously right now we're in baseball mode i think the the the, the whole country they still play that <laughs> scoreboard watching and things like that right down when when the pennant race is on everyone's kind of tracking what everyone else is doing that's one thing we can do uh, i think as a nation is, is keep an eye on that mexico canada game but let's you keep an eye on baseball and you watch the soccer game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's keep an eye and watch, but also let's talk now about ACC storylines and let's kick things off with North Carolina. They were one of the programs that we highlighted before the season back in late spring, early summer. And when you're talking about these 2022 class rankings, North Carolina is right there vying for a top 10 spot and they have a lot left on the board, which I think gives them room to ascend in the rankings. There is room room to ascend in the rankings, especially when you look at, you know, who's on the board. But you also realize that I know people are making a big deal of, of maybe being able to get 32 in this class because of what the NCAA is about to pass with, with transfers and stuff. But the crunch is still 85 for all, a lot of these schools. And Carolina is going to be one of those. I mean, Carolina can still climb in the rankings. You're 100% right. They're, they're third in the ACC. They're 13th nationally. But there's not a ton of targets right now on the board for them. You know, you have, look, Zach Rice, the, the five-star offensive tackle out of Virginia, who I know he hasn't trimmed it down yet. And there's still talk of whether it's, you know, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Bama, or Virginia, North Carolina. To me, it's what it's always been. It's a, it's a Virginia, North Carolina battle. And so we'll see how that shapes up. And you have the receiver, Andre Green, out of Virginia. You know, another 
four-star player that they're on. And he just visited North Carolina unofficial this past weekend. You're sitting there waiting for that Clemson official to take place and for Clemson to really step on the gas, try to close him out. But then you realize that he knows you know, a lot of the Carolina kids. They just got George Petaway, who he knows very well, the four-star running back out of Virginia. He's close with, you know, his dad is close with Deion Glover out of Virginia Beach, who was Tony Grimes' dad, who's sophomore corner at North Carolina. So I think... He's one that you really watch. And then kind of, you know, they've they've kicked the tires on Jaden Gould, who's the he's committed to USC. He's from New Jersey, you know, play corner safety, but we all know what's going on with USC. So, you know, I could see Carolina, you know, seeing if they can get some interest there. And and then what do you do? You know, can they get involved with Jake Pope to a higher level, the Bama commit? But also Benji Gosnell, brother plays at North Carolina kind of a Carolina Virginia Tech thing he wants to play tight end it sounds like and Tech is offering him that Carolina's more on the linebacker side if he embraces the linebacker role I think Carolina becomes more of a factor there but listen they've done a great job Blair and I know I'm kind of going on and on here they've done a really good job with they have 14 commits right but then you look at it they have a five star and eight four stars in them so they're really maximizing value with with what right now does not look like it'll be a huge class yeah, and the quality is there, and they've been very selective, right? I, I feel like they could easily have 20, 22 commitments, like maybe some of these other schools, but they are saving space for the Sack Rices, right? And the Andre Greens and, and the higher caliber prospects, which I think gives them that chance to eventually get into that top 10. And obviously, with a good finish to the season, I think they could they could be on the move up there. Uh, another school that's just outside the top 10 nationally, Clemson. I think the big storyline or the big question we had heading into the season was, whether another school would be able to dethrone them from the ACC, I guess the perch, right, that they're on in terms of recruiting. And right now they are behind Florida State, not on the field, but in, in recruiting. And when you talk about the rankings, but also just like North Carolina and some of these other higher level programs, they are, I think, taking it a bit slower. They're not taking as many commitments as they probably could. No official visits, obviously, during the summer. So they have been more methodical and more selective than, than just your typical high elite program well it's two things and and when you say that they could take more listen the the thing that coaches are really ticked off about is the ncaa yes they brought everybody back you know and said that you know last year you didn't use up on the eligibility and so it has created an overflow in the program and like i mentioned it looks like they're extending the the class limit from 25 to 32 to accommodate transfers and, and especially programs losing kids, like if you look at the temples of the world. But make no mistake, this is about 85. This is about schools really struggling to get 85. And so Clemson's sitting there with 12 commits and, and you're like, okay, 12. And, and so maybe they're not as highly ranked as you're used to seeing Clemson being. They're, like you mentioned, they're second in the ACC. And then you go look at the commits and you realize the only three-star happens to be a kicker. So, I mean... And that's a good kicker right there. Yes. If you're a three-star right. kicker, that means you're a, essentially yes. a five-star player. Well, yeah. And so you are you got two five-stars there and the rest are four-stars. You know, they've got an unbelievable class. And, you know, like North Carolina, they're sitting there waiting on Andre Green to see what he can do. And, you know, I still have a crystal ball pick in for Carolina on that one. But I, I could see him going to Clemson. Um, I think if Clemson pushes and... and 
he has great visit there. That could happen. You know, they're trying to get the defensive end Marvin Jones out of Florida. He's he's high on their board. Running back, do they go after Trevor Entienne? And, and well, they're going after him, but do they land him? And you know, can they get Curtis Perry, the D tackle out of Alabama? And I know out in your neck of the woods, they're they're trying with Ernest Green, the offensive lineman from uh, St. John Bosco, which I think will be a tough pull because of how late they got involved. But listen, Clemson may not be dominating like you normally think they would on the field this year. And there's, you know, you can talk about whatever the reasons are for that, including breaking in a new quarterback. But I mean, they're still killing it on the recruiting trail. It just, they happen to be really selective in who they're taking. And I don't expect a big class. Like I, I spoke with, you know, Anna Hickey, who who runs our 24-7 site for Clemson. And she's like, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really small class. I don't think it's going to get much you know, a lot more. And, and then the other thing, you know, we talk about the 85, but in this day and age, man, you better save a couple scholarships for transfers in the spring or in the summer also. And that, that all impacts class size and it all impacts class rankings. Yeah. I think right now, when you look at a school like Clemson, they're going to be bringing in some official visitors later in the season. And right now with the transfer portal, everything is is so fluid too. You have to account for that. You have to account for attrition. And then while you're doing that, while you're putting the finishing touches on 22, you already have an eye on 23, right? You're hosting visitors uh, unofficially. You're able to contact them, evaluate them. Uh, obviously, Clemson is one of those schools in on Arch Manning already. So you have to think that a lot of the effort and energy and resources that could be going towards finishing 22, you have to kind of start and, and get the wheels rolling in the next class and the class after that. So there's a lot of different juggling to do, especially when you're at a program like Clemson that can recruit at a different pace and still be fine uh, when the early signing period rolls around. We are joined by Brian Doan. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Doan 247. He's a national recruiting analyst. Brian, Florida State still in the top 10 rankings for the 2022 class, obviously struggling on the field. And I think the same could be said about Miami, which, you know, got off to a really good start in recruiting, was hosting big barbecues, was kind of building a lot of that off-field hype. But neither program has been able to deliver there in the state of Florida. And we're kind of seeing some similar trajectories and a lot of different rumors about hot seats and things like that. How do you think all of that affects recruiting down the stretch? That was that was one of those sides where that's uh, a lot to unpack, man. That's the sound you make when Giazzi Sardis messes something up inside the box. It is. Or when Greg Berhalter starts with a formation they've never used. But I digress. So listen, these are two different things that we're talking about. The only similarities right now between Florida State and Miami are both are struggling on the field because Florida State Look, they haven't gotten any commits since the season started, but it's not like people went into this season thinking Florida State's going to be this top 10 program on the field. They're coming off of what they win three games last year in Norvell's first year. Um, yeah, and, and we and we knew it was going to be a project bringing in a yeah. player like it, McKenzie who was going to be, you know, yeah. kind of allow them to bridge that gap between classes. Yeah, I mean, so so they've managed to hold on to everybody so far. You, you held on to them. Through the Jacksonville State loss, which was, you know, something you never thought you'd say. I mean, I'm a little older than you, Blair, and I can actually remember when Florida State stunk before Bobby Bowden was there, but you didn't think it'd get back to, to some trouble. But these kids that committed all knew that there was some, you know, it was going to be 
a rebuilding process. And is there concern that Travis Hunter wound up, you know, the, the, the top player in the country wound up at Georgia on an unofficial visit? I, I don't, I'm not one to hit the panic button easily on things. And so I don't do it on here because there's the idea that maybe he wanted to just go to a top 10 matchup to a place that's kind of close to home. If he sets an official there, there's trouble. If he all of a sudden he sets an official to Bama or Florida or wherever, then you, you worry a little bit more. But he's been to Florida State so many times, I think he could probably get into the building with like retina scanning because they know him so much. And so I don't really, I'm not overly concerned about him. And, you know, the one thing that Florida State does need, and I was talking to, you know, our guy, Knowles 247, Josh Newberg about it earlier was, you know, they, they just need some more playmakers if they're going to compete at the highest level. And so that's where guys like Travis Hunter and Sam McCall come in. You know, you want to make sure you keep the quarterback, AJ Duffy out of IMG. Those things are all important, but I don't think it's time to sound the alarm yet because the expectation level of fans may be different than the expectation level of recruits and prospects at this point because they are understanding that it is a a tough build right now and and it's going to take some time. Yeah, and it's called recruiting, right? So I think the yeah. coaches have to adjust their pitch and they, they have do. to it, they they have to now basically say, "Hey, l- this is where we're at." Right. And you're good enough as a recruit to come in, compete for time and change this thing around. That's that's where the that's where the salesman comes in in recruiting. And I feel like they've assembled a staff that is able to do that. Well, they have, and, and they've done a good job of connecting with the kids and, and getting them on campus early on. And they did that whole, you know, June first midnight thing where kids are rolling in and you know. So so there was a lot of things working in their favor. And again, it's it's going to take some time. And then you go to the South. The thing that's concerning to me is when, okay, they have nine commits in the class and they're, they're still in the mix for a, a ton of good players, right? So, so you have all that, but you only have two kids from Florida committed and you have zero from South Florida committed. And listen, man, again, I, I remember watching that game against Nebraska in the Orange Bowl way back when, when Nebraska went for two. And I, I just, you know, the, the persona of the U was they were doing it with local kids and they were doing it kids from South Florida. There's too much talent in South Florida to not have anybody committed. It doesn't mean they're not trying. I mean, there's a bunch of kids still on the board, but you know, you want to you want to recruit your wheelhouse, and so now if you're Miami, you're going to try to make sure you hold on to Kamari Rogers, you know, out of Mississippi, Markeith Williams, who's an Orlando kid. You just want to make sure that if you're Miami, and also Traquan Fagans out of Alabama. I mean, those are three kids in your secondary that kind of the core of your class right now, and none of them are local per se. I mean, that's a concern to me with Miami, and then also. They seem so up and down within games and, and week to week. I mean, look, we know Florida State isn't good right now, right? So so our expectation level is low. But Miami kind of thought you'd get a little bit more, and it, it just hasn't materialized. And then when you start looking at that, you know, they got two kids from Florida, two from Georgia, and then one each from Bama, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Texas. I mean, you're the you. Get those South Florida kids. 
Yeah. And I think that's one of the issues, right? There's, I feel like recruits probably thought this program would be further along and they haven't backed that up on the field. And so you, that's where you get some of that hesitation, not only from coaches and the recruits, but their families and the people that kind of help them make decisions. So that's going to be another storyline to monitor here with two and a half months to go into the early signing period. Before we go, another program right now is, is hovering within that top 20 range. That would be Virginia Tech. And they get a big chance, Brian, this coming weekend when they face no Notre Dame to, I don't want to say add to that class because they've already got 22 commitments, right? So this is one of those schools that has been able to replenish in the 22 class. But I I think that this game coming up allows them to start building some momentum and building some buzz with 23 while also, you know, kind of highlighting themselves on a national platform. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things that work with this thing. And it's funny. I was talking to Everett Watkins from our VT scoop site about, you know, just getting ready for the weekend and, and the list and it's impressive. And it's really, it's an interesting group of kids from the standpoint of you have your commits or solid. You have your commits who other schools are starting to, you know, knock on their door a bit. And you have some other kids who look to be tech leans in the 22 class. And you have some really good 23s coming on board. So I think you hit a lot of different things. And, you know, if you just look at the uncommitted kids who are going to be there, like I mentioned with North Carolina, Benji Gosnell, he's supposed to be there. And he's a former Ohio State commit tight end. I like him, I think, when I watch his tape more as a linebacker than a tight end, but he can definitely play either. And so it's interesting to see him there. You have another kid, Malachi Madison, a defensive lineman out of Virginia, who's announcing October 13th. Well, he's going there this weekend. So, you know, we can try to connect the dots a little bit on that one. I I look at it that way. And then there's another linebacker, Reed Pullian from Life Christian in Virginia, who has tech really high on his list. And he's really starting to come into his own as a player this season after having kind of a disjointed season. So you have those in the 22 class who are are uncommitted worth keeping an eye on. You also have Tyler Banks, who is supposed to show up from Virginia, who is really a heavy Ole Miss lean at this point. So can they kind of swing the pendulum in their way? And, And so then you have Johnny Garrett, the offensive lineman from Massachusetts, who schools are starting to knock on his door. He's playing tight end up there, but he's going to go to Tech as a uh, offensive lineman. So it's interesting from that standpoint. And then you have some other people coming who you look at like Keith Sampson, a 23 four star out of North Carolina. He's supposed to be there. And, and it just goes on, you know, Bryson Sanders, who's a lime, a four star lineman from Tennessee in the 23 class. He's supposed to be there. And, and the list just kind of goes on and on with some really impressive kids. And I, I think what it means is I'm going to be on Saturday night, really busy tracking down kids and also on Sunday. So I think for me, it's really, it's really a great showpiece for Virginia Tech, and it's going to be against Notre Dame, which everybody and their mother knows about Notre Dame, whether you're a football fan or not. So it should be a, a really good thing to keep an eye on. I mean, it's a big thing for Virginia Tech. Yeah, and it's going to be a big weekend across college football, and you can follow all the scoop over at 247sports.com and follow Brian Doan over on Twitter at BrianDoan247. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me on. Remember, if you want to send Brian Doan your your U.S. versus Jamaica score lines, <laughs> your predictions, you could also do that over on his Twitter account. Brian, pleasure as always. Enjoy the matches this weekend. By, by the way, Sunday's game, you can watch on Paramount Plus if you want to plug the company line. We do want to watch on Paramount Plus, and that's going to be really important because I'm going to be probably at a soccer game at some point and 
picking up a relative at the airport. So I'm going to need to be mobile with it. Dude, I love it. I love it. You <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. The grown the grown man doing new age things. I appreciate oh, you, Brian. Oh, yes. All right. That is Brian Doan. Remember, stay locked into 247sports.com for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team. And if you like the show, please rate, review us, and throw us those five stars. So for national recruiting analyst Brian Doan and our producer Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.